Okay. New Sheila. Good morning. Good Wonderful prelude. Welcome back from India. So glad to have you back on the bench, Sheila. And uh, welcome to church. It's Trinity Lutheran Church. It's the second Sunday in Lent, and we are glad that you are here. Um, we have a few songs from the uh, Hispanic uh, repertoire this morning. A Canto de Esperanza, Song of Hope, is what we'll start with. And um, um, just a song that's a song of uh, lots of things going on in Latin America right now, in uh, South America, um, Central America, that are troubling, but they have hope. Um, and here is a song of hope.
My turn? Your turn. My turn. I wasn't sure. Good morning. Good to be here, huh? It's uh, the sun's out. It's getting lighter every day. It's March. It's good to be together. Uh, Sheila flew in from India to be with us this morning. Thank you, Sheila. The choir's, uh, the choir's been in early, uh, and they were ready to sing for us. We're thankful for that. The altar guilt has been here, and they've set the table for you. And uh, this is a, really a kind of a, an amazing day to mark as we say hello to all those online, all those folks online. We hear from you every week, and we're so thankful for you. And you know that it was three years ago, right now, that we shut down church during the pandemic. So that was three years ago, this Sunday, when we did the unthinkable of closing church. And here we are together, and it is good to be together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. Uh, that, as I said, the table is set, inviting us to Holy Communion. Uh, the service is before you. In your bulletin, everything will be projected for you. And our gathering hymn, Let Us Go Now to the Banquet, draws us forth to this table where we will gather in a few minutes. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go now to the banquet. Responsive reading, a liturgy, 
And um, it is a, a liturgy of confession and forgiveness during this Lenten period. We have come from our homes. We gather with our sisters and brothers. Everyone welcome, everyone equal. To the God of healing. You know our hearts. You know our regrets. Against you. Against those we love most. With shattered dreams and broken hearts. With bitterness and despair. You have promised us forgiveness. That we may forgive others. Our hymn of praise, You Are Holy, we'll sing through it twice.
Good morning. Happy birthday, Pastor. And where's your vest today? <laughs> the first lesson is from the fourth chapter of Philippians. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is an any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty, and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of the Lord.
thank you. Uh, thank you to the choir um, for that beautiful song. And I, I don't know how much you notice out there, but we sound a lot better on every hymn when we've got the 20 of you over there kind of leading us. <laughs> every hymn sounds better. Every song sounds better when you're here. So thank you so much uh, for your ministry among us. And thank you, Pamela, for reading that lesson. And no, I didn't get the memo and the vest. So the one Sunday I don't wear a vest, but uh, I didn't get the memo. But Okay. Uh, you ready to roll up your sleeves and we're going to jump into scripture here? Everyone ready? Say amen. amen. Okay. So first, let's start here. Let's fill in the blank. Do we have that one? Let's fill in the blank. Are you ready? For God so loved that he gave his so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have. They're good. You know that one, huh? Memorize the Bible? What? No, okay. John 3, 16. Those words were spoken by Jesus 2,000 years ago. And the fact that so many of you knew it leads me to believe that maybe this is among your favorite verses in the Bible. Perhaps this is one that you did memorize. Words spoken by Jesus. But they were also words that came out to a larger audience in our lifetime by this man, this guy. Remember him? Roland Stewart, Rainbow Man, who appeared for more than a decade at sporting events holding up his John 3.16 sign or shirt. He drove 60,000 miles a year to hold that sign in front of TV cameras, at NBA Finals, Olympic events, the Indianapolis 500, and even the Masters. Unfortunately, things did not work out very well for the Rainbow Man. He was a religious zealot. There was very little grace in his theology. And I got to tell you, folks, it's hard to get through this life without grace. He was a zealot wielding John 3.16 like a sword. And I'm kind of wondering if he ever read on the next verse that followed, John 3.17. So let's, let's read them now together. We'll read them one at a time. Here's the first one. You just did it. Let's do it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus goes on, he completes this thought with a word of intention and grace. John 3:17, here you go, go ahead. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. You see, the two cannot be separated. They were spoken at the same time by Jesus. And here we see God's intention and we see God's grace on display in the words of Jesus. Now, 30 years ago, Rainbow Man exchanged his wig for prison garb and three life sentences. No more sporting events for him. Yes, life without grace is hard to live. Now, these are the familiar words of Jesus. You all knew them, but when did he speak those words? And where was he? And who was he speaking to? And what was the context? What will this verse mean to us today? So we're going to jump in to the third chapter of John's Gospel. Have you ever heard the name Nicodemus before? Yes, many of you have. Now, we should note that not everyone who appears in the Bible is named. Many rename, 
remain nameless. Actually, most in the Bible remain nameless. And I find comfort in this. For no one's going to remember our names 100 years from now. We may show up in someone's family tree on Ancestry.com. My name's going to be chiseled out on stone in the columbarium. I hope you'll join me. But I have no illusions that anyone will remember my name 100 years from now, much less 2,000 years from now. Most in the Bible are nameless. They appear in the gospel stories, and then they are remembered. But how are they remembered? As the man born blind, or a lawyer, a rich man, a woman caught in adultery, the centurion, the wise men, the prodigal son, the innkeeper, the shepherds. Most of them are nameless in the historical record. So, if someone's name appears, it's worth noting. Nicodemus, in the third chapter of John's Gospel, we are introduced to Nicodemus. And he is going to appear again and again in the Jesus story. His name is there, and it's there for a reason. For Nicodemus was not some dime a dozen, backwoods fisherman, tax collector, or beggar. He was not a peasant struggling to survive, or a poor, pathetic man who needed Jesus to heal him or feed him. No, Nicodemus had a name. His name was known. You see, Nicodemus was one of the most influential men in Jerusalem. He was a Pharisee. 2,000 years later, we hear that title and we may think hypocrite, but that's really a bum rap. The Pharisees were the most respected religious leaders in a nation that took its religion very seriously. He was a Pharisee. What does that mean? He had been educated in Jerusalem. He had been tutored by the greatest rabbis in Israel. And even more than being a Pharisee, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. This was the ruling body of religious life and practice. The Sanhedrin had real power. They could demand the attention of the Romans and of King Herod. And there were only 71 men in the Sanhedrin. Therefore, you could not be one of those 71 and be nameless. The 71 had names, and they had power, and they had prestige, and they had position, and they had wealth and authority. They were the leaders of the faithful. Now, let's contrast that with Jesus. Jesus was a backwater preacher and miracle worker from the Galilee. Nazareth was his hometown, a no-account hick town. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But now Jesus was beginning to attract crowds. His teachings and miracles, his compassionate manner had somehow touched the common women and men of ancient Palestine. The powerless loved Jesus and the powerful, though they were not impressed by his teachings, were beginning to take notice of his considerable popularity. Why would they care, you ask? Because crazy country preachers, prophets and revolutionaries were dangerous. Every so often, one of them would come along 
and rile up the people, and they were a threat to the established order, a threat to those who were in power, like the members of the Sanhedrin. The last thing that the wealthy, respected leaders needed was trouble with the Romans. And now, as we're about to enter this text, the storm clouds are gathering. The storm clouds of revolution were beginning to gather in the Galilee, at the Jordan River, in Capernaum. And now, Jesus had arrived in the holy city of Jerusalem. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. It seemed safer that way. Nicodemus was curious, but he also had to be cautious. And in reality, he had really been cautious all of his life. He was a student of the law. He understood tradition. He understood the importance of order. He always played by the rules. And it would be risky for him now. It'd be risky for him to be seen with Jesus. It would be scandalous for a great teacher of Israel to be recognized with this small town rabbi. Consequently, Nicodemus came under the cover of darkness. He walked through the city gate. He walked down through the Kidron Valley. And then he walked up the slope of the Mount of Olives. And this is where common visitors to Jerusalem stayed. You see, they could camp there for free. The magnificent temple filled the horizon before them. It was less safe, and it was much less expensive than being inside the city walls. This is exactly where you would expect to find uneducated country people, people like Jesus and his band of fishermen. Nicodemus approached the campsite there on the Mount of Olives. A fire provided warmth and light on this frosty night in the Judean hills. Nick had come at night. It was dark outside. But his heart was good. The text is clear. He did not come to trick Jesus. This was not some kind of a trap. He had not been sent by the religious police. He sincerely wanted to know, to know Jesus. He wanted to understand this man and his teachings that were now attracting such large crowds. Stepping out of the shadows, Nick found Jesus exactly where they told him he would be. And strangely, the master did not seem surprised to see him. In fact, it was almost like he was expecting Nicodemus to come calling that night. He addressed Jesus respectfully. He said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher. A teacher has come from God, for no one can do the signs and the miracles that you've done apart from God. And from there, the conversation began, and the conversation going forward was lively. They talked for hours, in fact, totally unaware of the passing of time. Jesus said, if you want to experience the kingdom of God here on earth and in heaven hereafter, then you must be born again. Strange words. Strange words that Nicodemus could not understand. Was Jesus now speaking in riddles? How can one be born a second time? Certainly it's not possible to re-enter the womb, is it? Jesus answered, yes, Nicodemus. There's a mystery here. 
a mystery that is even beyond the comprehension of one who is as educated as you are. You see, the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, and so it is with the Spirit of God. With that, Nicodemus scratched his head. We, too, are often bewildered in life, are we not? Bewildered by life and life circumstances or by God? So you can go ahead. Go ahead. Scratch your head. Some of you are. Scratch your neighbor. No, forget it. It's hard to figure out sometimes, isn't it? How God's active or inactive. We, we're bewildered. We scan the horizon of our world every day and we're reminded that there are so many things going on around us that we don't understand and we certainly cannot under, explain. And I have a long list. One God, three persons. I kind of get that, but not really. The suffering of children. The good dying young, the presence of evil in this beautiful world, the vast expanse of the universe, mystery. There's a lot of mystery. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Do you get it? Nicodemus says, not really. How can this be, Jesus? How does one begin? What does one do first? I'm sorry, I'm really trying, Jesus, but this is not logical. And then it was quiet for a moment. When the moment turned into several minutes, the crackling fire and the sound of a lone owl was all that was heard at this point. And then Jesus said, you know, my friend, I think you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard as if, as if it all depends upon you. So let me make this very simple for you, very simple. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. You see, Nicodemus, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The world, Nicodemus, not just the children of Israel. God does not love a nation or a people or a tribe. You see, God loves the world, and he gave his Son. He gave. No one earned it. No one can make sense of it. No one is pure enough or sinless enough or worthy enough. This is a gift. So just take it as a gift. Trust it, Nicodemus. For God is trustworthy. The words of Jesus have broken through the frosty air and echoed in the mind of Nicodemus. And with that, the two men fell silent. Jesus longed to reach Nicodemus. Nicodemus longed for a better way of living. But at this point, he wasn't really sure to what to make of the rabbi from the Galilee. And now, the sun was beginning to come up over the hills of Moab. Morning was breaking. The two men sat there side by side. And in the city below, the roosters were beginning to crow, trumpeting in a new day. I must be going, Nicodemus said. He looked Jesus in the eye. He shook his hand. He turned toward the city, and he retraced his steps down the rocky, winding path through the Kidron Valley to the holy city, and he slipped through the, great, the gate there undetected. He might have been a disciple. He might have stayed and followed Jesus that night, but instead he decided to follow the career of Jesus, 
from a safe distance. Nicodemus, a man of power and prestige, a respected leader of the, of the Jews. As you go on in the gospel story, he's going to appear two more times as this story would play out over the next three years. The next time would be in John 7 at the far, har, Fall Harvest Festival in Jerusalem. Nicodemus was a part of a very large crowd that heard Jesus preaching. And the Pharisees had heard enough. They dispatched the temple police to go and arrest Jesus. His popularity was a threat to their security. But the temple police returned empty-handed. They had gone to arrest Jesus, and when they got there, they were so moved by his preaching, so convinced that he was a great rabbi, that they did not arrest him. And they returned saying, listen, never has anyone spoken like this rabbi Jesus. And the Pharisees were livid. They said, you've been deceived like the others. We're not surprised this man has an appeal to uneducated, ignorant people. But has any one of the authorities, even a single member of the Sanhedrin, believed his nonsense? Is there even one? And they looked around. And Nicodemus sat quietly. He wanted to speak up, to admit that he too believed in Jesus, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't risk it. He had to be cautious. So he stood up and just said, we cannot arrest him. Our law does not allow us to judge people without first giving them a hearing. And with that, the members of the Sanhedrin ridiculed Nicodemus, saying, Nicodemus, you're not a Galilean, are you? And Nicodemus laughed it off and kept silent. There would be one more time when Nicodemus would appear in the gospel story. It'd be three years after he first came to Jesus at night. It was Holy Week. Jesus had been beaten. Jesus had been crucified on a cross. The rabbi from the Galilee was dead. Listen in now as I read from the Gospel of John. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let them take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave them permission, so they came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of mirror and aloes. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in that place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which he had never, had never been used. They laid Jesus there. That's Good Friday. You see, it's not easy following Jesus close up or at a distance. It's not easy trying to understand God's mysterious movement or God's deafening silence sometimes. It's not easy following Jesus in a hostile world where our friends or our family members may ridicule us, saying, why would you spend your Sunday mornings with a bunch of hypocrites? Why would you give your money to the church? Don't you know all preachers are crooks? Why would you believe in some man who lived 2,000 years ago? Why would you believe in something that cannot be proven? If there is a God, tell me why good people suffer. Have you ever met one intelligent person who followed Jesus 
Come on, religion's a crutch. It's a sign of weakness. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. It's not easy following Jesus, and it never has been. We can try to follow at a safe distance. We can come under the cover of darkness. We can be a secret disciple like that of Joseph of Arimathea. Nicodemus was among the most powerful men in Jerusalem. And he was no doubt there when Jesus was sentenced to death. He was there on Good Friday. He was there on Easter. And Catholic tradition would go on to tell us that Nicodemus was later martyred for testifying to Jesus, to being a witness, for believing the words he heard on the Mount of Olives on a dark Judean night. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those words, you've memorized them, have given Christians strength to live and the courage to die for 2,000 years. Let us follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. You may remain seated. Do a piece of special music. Reflecting on mystery. You are invited to sing on the refrain. You might want to wait for it to go by the first time to hear it. Let us take hands and try the water Let us share hearts and sail the sea Let our love stand the test As we fathom the rest of the mystery It takes many hands to build a temple it takes many hands to row the sea It takes many hearts from many lands To shape our destiny We must risk a little of our safety Or we'll have nothing left to risk at all To love is the greatest commandment To love as the Lord of all Let us take hands and try
We start with a love where we can find it. We nurture that love with tender care. We listen and let God remind us you find your treasure where your heart is. Now let us discover the heart of our neighbor far and near. See God's light in every creation with gracious love drawn Pamela leads us in the prayers. Uh, each petition will end uh, God of mystery, God of love, and our response, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we draw near as we pray for the church and for any in need. We pray for countries broken by war especially Ukraine, for peoples facing ethnic violence and hatred, as in Afghanistan and Myanmar, for all who are suffering from the losses of natural disasters, especially in Turkey and Syria. We thank you for all those who are working to alleviate the suffering. God of mystery, God of love, hear our prayer. We lift up to you all we name as enemies, all people we find difficult to love, and we ask that you meet them and us in our places of deepest need. Heal all that you see needs healing and turn us from judgment and exclusion. Let us pray for those belittled or misunderstood in the LGBTQ community. May we shed a new light on justice and acceptance among our family and our community members. God of mystery, God of love. Be with those who grieve the loss of family and friends. Embrace with your healing touch all those who struggle with pain or illness of body or mind. Sustain all who know hunger, homelessness, poverty, or persecution, and all those who experience addiction, anger, fear, guilt, or doubt, 
strengthen those who serve in healing capacities. God of mystery, God of love. Jesus has come into the world not to condemn, but to save. Let us dare to share our hearts and sail unknown seas as we risk facing our fears and realities with which we struggle. With the subject and the object of your greatest commandment, love. Hold us close as we tread unfamiliar ground. God of mystery, God of love. Grant, O oh God, that the prayers we offer may be your channel for new and abundant life, not only hoped for, but worked for, through word and deed, through Christ we pray. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Stand up and share the peace. Peace. Thank you uh, for sharing that great and peace. Thank you for sharing. Uh, it's a great sound. It's the reconnection of the saints, uh, seeing you all uh, exchanging those uh, handshakes and good thoughts. So thank you for that. Bring that good energy right over in the gym for coffee, cookies, and time together. A uh, little more time during this uh, schedule, so you have time to actually visit with each other. Lots of announcements in your bulletin. Would encourage you to take note of those. We have a new art display, thanks to Bill Farnsworth. So take a look at the new art display when you're heading into the gym. That's a beautiful display. Would encourage you in that way. Uh, every Thursday night during uh, Lent, as we move towards Holy Week and Easter, uh, we're gathering at six o'clock in the gym for a potluck. We had a great potluck. Last, um, uh, last Thursday night, um, had to put up an extra table, lots of people, lots of food, lots of variety of food, uh, one hour just to be together and enjoy a fellowship in there. It's really great. And then we have a 35-minute uh, service after that, hold an evening prayer right here in the sanctuary at 7. Join us at 6 if you can. If you can't, want to come for 7, 7 o'clock is the service. would encourage you to make that a part of your journey uh, as well. Card ministry, there's uh, always, every week, you look out there, there's someone that could benefit from a card from you. Like we say, it doesn't matter if you know them or not. It's uh, uplifting for them to uh, get that word that people are praying for them and thinking about them. Um, and this week, we sent another $5,000 off to ELCA Disaster Relief, where 100 pennies out of every dollar go right to the ground. These in Syria and Turkey to help those devastated by earthquakes. That's $22,000 that we've given as a congregation. So thank you. That's only possible because of you. So thank you for that. Um, Amy's going first. Deacon Amy. Good morning. Good morning. 
A few announcements, Sunday forum between worship services, 9.15 down in the fireside room. This morning is starting a part one of Surprised by Hope. This is a video series from N.T. Wright, uh, followed by discussion and conversation. Should be very interesting. So that begins today at 9.15. And then our high school students have an opportunity for uh, a visit to the roller barn in Oak Harbor and then back here for games and movies. And that will be on March 31st, that's a Friday evening. So if you have high schoolers, we'll have a sign-up sheet and more information about that. And then um, next Sunday is our last day to sign up for the trip to Holden Village this summer. So I thought I would show some pictures this morning of Holden Village. So this is the last time we went there a couple years ago. Uh, this, this was on a hike. There's incredible opportunities for hiking all around the village. Where's our next picture? This was the, the village comes out and welcomes us when we arrive on the, on the school bus into the village. The village always comes out and welcomes us with a big sign and uh, everybody comes out to see us. What do we have next? That was the group that went with us last time. We have space for up to 40 people from Trinity. So this is uh, an all ages opportunity. Some of you see yourselves up there. Uh, so this is any, anybody who's interested in going on this trip can come with us. Do we have more pictures? I can't remember how many are there. So that's the bus that we take. We, we take the Lady of the Lake boat down Lake Chelan and then we get on this cool bus and it takes us up to the village on the side of the hill above the lake. Um, okay, and I think that might be the last one, just another picture of the beautiful setting in Holden Village. So really an incredible place. They have um, speakers coming for the week, they have artists in residence for the week, lots of things, uh, opportunities to participate or rest and relax and enjoy the week however uh, fits you best. So there's a reservation sheet on the table in the narthex or come see me if you have any questions. Thanks. All right, thank you, uh, thank you Deacon Amy. And she just got the cast off, so we want you to stay off roller skates. <laughs> off roller skates, please. I think that comment was really directed towards me. <clears throat> Hokey pokey on roller skates is kind of dangerous at this age. Okay, I just have re two really quick announcements. The first one is, I still need one more usher at the eight o'clock service on March 19th. I know that's kilt Sunday, but you could just wear plaid if you want to, or not wear plaid, just wear any other color. All right, the next announcement. Easter's coming, Easter's coming. So, out in the narthex next weekend, you will see a table, and it's the sign-up sheets for the Easter um, services. So bring those calendars, because I need you to sign up for sunrise at 7, uh, 9, or 11. So um, bring those calendars so you kind of know what uh, service you might be going to. That would be great. And then um, today is kind of a special day. Um, for somebody that we truly, truly love. And so, you know, we tried to um, dress like him because we think he is so special. So here's what we had for you, Pastor Jim. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone, that wore their um, sweater vests. Um, yeah. Um, uh, no, we're going to we're going to sing him happy birthday. Uh. 
just after the service, we'd like to get a picture. So we'll, we'll come up here and take a picture. Thank you. Thank you, Lana, I think. Um, <laughs> thank you all for the birthday wishes. Thank you, appreciate it very much. Word about Holy Communion, most important word. You know it, all are welcome. Uh, not a Lutheran table, it's the Lord's table. Uh, there's only one who invites, and that's Jesus. And Jesus invites us all to come, no matter where we've been. No matter where our journey's taken, no matter how long we've been away from the church, if we've never been in the Lutheran church before, we are welcome. The ushers will help you to come down the center aisle towards the baptismal font. Hold out your hand to receive the host, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily, then dip it or intinct it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice of wine, the second chalice will have grape juice. All are welcome. I would invite you to stand as we transition now to the table. And as we transition, if I might just include one more small announcement. Uh, I sang with the Shifty Sailors at the uh, Muscle Fest yesterday in the gorgeous northwest weather. Um, Ron, was, Ron was smarter, however. He's playing today from 1.30 to 3.30 up there in Coopville at the tent. So um, go to the Muscle Fest. Thank you. At a table that uh, welcomed our parents, grandparents, a table that will welcome a variety of denominations and races to this Christian table that is uniquely the table of Jesus. As we do so, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And then he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Gifts of God for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. See how lavish is the feast Everyone has been invited There's enough to go around Here the sweetest bread is given Here the finest wine is found Here the sweetest bread is given Here the finest wine is found God, we're hungry for an honest wage For housing and for bread 
strengthen us with this communion for the struggle still ahead. Fill us with a heart for justice and a mission understood. As released from all oppression, working always for the good. We accept the way of Jesus when we eat the bread and wine. He who gave his life for others, at his table we will dine. Living still among us in the people seeking truth. He is living in our struggles, in the righteous things we do. He is living in our struggles, in the righteous things we do. God who hungry for an honest wage, for housing and for bread. Strengthen us with this communion. For the struggle still ahead, fill us with a heart for justice and a mission understood. As released from all oppression, for the always for the gold. How can we begin to thank you for the sacrifice of love, for this great and gentle mystery, giving up yourself as food? Food to fill a starving people, longing for a better day. Organizing with their neighbors, struggling to find their way. Organizing with their neighbors, struggling to find their way. God, we're hungry for an honest wage, for housing and for bread. Has released from all oppression, for the struggle still ahead, fill us with a heart for justice and a mission understood. As released from all oppression, for this release for the good. This is how we wish to thank you for the life you freely gave. We will follow your example in the way we choose to live. We will share with one another. We will not let justice wait. We will sow the seeds of freedom in the ashes of the hate. We will sow the seeds of freedom in the ashes of the hate. God, we're hungry for an honest rate, for housing and for bread. Strengthen us with this communion for the struggle still ahead. Fill us with a heart for justice and a mission understood. And released from all oppression, working always for the gold. Love is but a song we sing, fears the way we die. You can make the mountains ring, 
or make the angels cry. Though the bird is on the wing, you may not know why. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Some may come and some may go, but we will surely pass. When the one that left us here returns for us at last, we are but a moment's sunlight fading on the grass. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Come on, people now, smile on your sister, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Go out those doors. Make a difference in the world. Go to places this week. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sending song uh, once again. Once again, your hand has lifted us. Once again, your gift has saved. Once again, your meal has strengthened us. And you call us each by name. We come broken to the table we came limping through the door and with words of grace you've lifted us and you've set us as before once again your hand has lifted us once again your gift has saved once again your meal has strengthened us and you call us each time 